Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 18, season two, coming at you. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for being here. Love having you. If you're a longtime listener, namaste. I adore you. I love you. And what am I going to say? Don't take notes. I've taken all your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, check out my amazing chef's kiss beautiful food and product photography i am a professional it's what i do for a living it's how i pay my bills so if you need amazing photos for your food and products i am your girl both commercial and editorial if you've got questions for the podcast if you want to be on the podcast if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind Send me an email, let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram. I love seeing them. Let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. Now, before we get started, actually, let's take a moment to hear a word from today's sponsor. Mm-hmm. Howdy, food adventurers. I'm Neil Dudley, the vice president of Peterson's Farms. We produce top quality bacon, sausage, and ham from humanely raised animals that are never fed any animal byproducts. We're real people making real food. To learn more about what we do, visit petersonsfarms.com. Now that's with a D, not a T. P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N-S-F-A-R-M-S.com. And since we're fans of this podcast, we'd like to offer you 30% off your next order if you use the discount code ADVENTURE30. Again, That's Adventure 30. Enter it at checkout. 30% off your order. One time. See you there. Hey, everyone. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to let you know all of this audio was recorded prior to the shooting taking place this week in Texas. And Neil's from Texas. We're going to talk a lot about Texas being a Texan, the food. And I, I know this isn't a political podcast, but this is a platform. This is my platform. And my heart goes out to anyone who's been affected by gun violence, but we need to stop with the thoughts and prayers. We need action, policy, and change, and it needs to happen now. We cannot have another shooting take place with children, with elderly, with people going to the grocery store, with kids not feeling safe in school. This needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. So I just had to say something and I'm going to do everything in my power that I can do. But let's get going with the podcast, guys. All right, here we go. Um, And for all of you who reached out about my ankle two weeks ago, thank you. I am definitely on the mend, knock on wood. Um, I'm feeling much better. I've been doing exactly what my doctors told me to do. Ice, elevate, uh, rest. I forget what the acronym is, but... I did it. I did the. I did all the things. All of the things. And even with a bum ankle, yours truly still made it to a meeting in New York City. Uh, I did a day trip 
two Fridays ago. When this comes out, it'll be two Fridays ago. And I have to tell you a funny story. So I had to go to New York for a meeting, took the Acela in, had the meeting, met one of my oldest and nearest and dearest friends. This guy, I'm not going to say this guy. Uh, my friend Bob. I fucking love Bob. We got sandwiches. He works down by World Trade and we got sandwiches near this in this deli near Wall Street and the sandwich was fucking amazing. And he's like, listen, cash only. The place is a hole in the wall. And uh, they speak some English, but it's mainly Italian. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in. I'm totally in. This is amazing. He's like, we're going to get sandwiches. We're going to go sit in a park. Uh, and I was like, fucking hey, this is great. So any time I get to spend with Bob is time well spent, even with homeless people walking around us going, got any change. Um, it was the sandwich was up there with like top 10 sandwich list from amazing sandwiches I've had. It also could have been the company I was keeping with said sandwich because Bob is, you know, love, 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 love Bob. So after uh, a wonderful lunch with Bob, he had to go back to work and uh, I had some time to kill. So I'm walking through the city hobbling slightly because my ankle was still uh slightly destroyed at this point and it's a beautiful day in new york i'm feeling alive haven't been in new york city since covid so it just feels so good to be back in that city and walking around and you know i'm walking up through the village and kind of towards chelsea and i was like oh man i want to get some good bagels like I, I stopped at magnolia bakery got the fucking banana pudding I'm obsessed with it, obviously, for the right reasons. If you've never had it, shame on you. I will. You need to You need to go to New York and go to Bleecker Street, to the original location, and get the goddamn banana pudding. They do ship, uh, and there is a recipe online. It's not the exact recipe. They say it is. It's not. That's a lie. But it's close. Um, but anyway, the banana pudding. Oh, God. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get the good bagels. And if anyone knows that's a Sex in the City reference uh, to H&H bagels. And so Carrie brings Miranda the good, air quotes, the good bagels, but she forgets the cream cheese. So I get some H&H bagels and I'm standing in line and the guy's like, I said, I only want six. I'll take a half a dozen. You can mix them, whatever, whatever you have left. Because, you know, it's the afternoon. There's not much left. And the guy's like, well, I'm closing soon, lady. Like you want, I'll give you, get 12. I'll give you 12. I was like okay he'll give me 12 okay so i was like great so then i was like oh great day six free bagels so then you know i pick out my bagels he checks me out charges me for fucking 12 and i looked at him and i'm like i thought i thought i was getting six he's like no you said you wanted 12 next i was like that is not how this transaction was supposed to go <laughs> It's like fucking New York. Anyway, um, we've got such a fun guest for you today. So if you don't mind, uh, we need to get into it because it is a slightly longer interview. So strap in, my friends. We're going to uh, get started. Let's do this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love this music. That means fun is coming. All right, my guest today. Well, you kind of just heard his voice a second ago. Mm -hmm. Our guest today happens to also be our sponsor. So our guest today, he is VP at Peterson's Natural Farms, which is a large farm based in Texas with humane, organic, and natural practices. 
He has helped Peterson see over a thousand percent revenue growth in the last 10 years. He is also passionate about distributing food, sharing recipes, and really just diving into some wonderful, meaningful conversations. So please welcome to the podcast, Neil from Peterson's Natural Farms. Hey, Neil, what's going on, man? Ah, another beautiful opportunity to live, breathe, enjoy, and have a conversation about things that I'm very passionate about with a, a person I I totally believe is passionate about it as well. I mean, you take p- pictures of food for a living. So we make food for a living. We must be connected. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so the listeners don't know, but before we jumped on, you and I like said hello and chatted for a minute. And when we jumped on, so you, you guys can't see Neil. Neil is dressed full cowboy attire and i was like hey buddy what's up you're like yeah how's it going so i love the energy like it's a very authentic life you live in texas well thank you i want to be authentic genuine uh, believable trustworthy all those things that's part of the cowboy and maybe even cow person would be the better way to say it right i I think we're not here to exclude someone from this conversation we really want to include everybody Mm -hmm. and I stole my intro from a lady named Minnie Pearl. If anybody's, if you're not familiar with Minnie Pearl, Google her and she would walk on stage and say, howdy, just like that. <laughs> and she, so I stole that from her. I can't take credit for it, but I think it's a pretty good way to, to just break the silence, start off a conversation and like, look, I'm here to enjoy this. I want it to make it enjoyable for you. Your listeners are spending their time here. I value that. I don't take that for granted. It's super important to me that they go away not regretting one second of it. So No, I appreciate that. It's really well said. So for the people who don't know you and where you're from, you're obviously obviously from Canada. So yeah, let's talk that? about, no, I'm kidding, Texas. Well, um, I do a lot of business in Canada. So I bet you do. I, been... <laughs> <laughs> With that nice Canadian accent you have, eh? Yeah. But so where are you from? How did you grow up? Right. Well, I live, born, raised on a registered Hereford cattle operation in central Texas, a little town called Comanche. That's where my days began. I was raised by a cowboy and cowgirl, a mom and dad who made their living off the land, who whose parents made their living off the land. So it's just really deep in my experience of uh, the importance of land. Yeah, your roots Animals. are deep in the That's land, right. for sure. Uh, and those relationships uh, is so dynamic, so uh, just beautiful. And hard to understand and hard to share that exact experience with somebody that hasn't. So I just try my best and anybody and everybody should know they're always welcome to buy my NFT and come have you a cowboy experience gathering cattle for seven days on a real working ranch. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. That sounds exhausting, but so much fun. So I don't understand. I grew up here in the Northeast and I've been to Texas many times. We actually lived in Houston for about a year when I was a little, little cow girl. And I, uh, I don't really understand what it is, what defines being a cowgirl, a cowboy, a cow person 
it's got to be more than just that the beautiful hats and boots and riding a horse, right? Yeah, I would say those are the least, yeah. least uh, <laughs> totally. valid the stereotypical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the hat has a purpose in my life, or it has, and now I'm just super comfortable. There's no sun shining on me in this office, so I don't necessarily need to wear it anymore. Although I still wear it because it is a personal brand recognition part of me. Uh, I wore it as a kid because dad did it. Then I wore it as just a young adult because I was working outside, working cattle, building fence, doing just, I needed the shade. And, and you know, so eventually it kind of becomes a part of that, uh, I don't know, stigma maybe, or, or stigma is probably the wrong word, but just part of my reality. I'm really comfortable in a hat. Yeah, I mean, it's like I a guy at, wearing a baseball hat or a person wearing a baseball hat. Like it's just part of how you, you cut are. your hair when you're bald. <laughs> you, you know, you might, you got to put something on top of the head. You don't want your no head hair. to burn. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I rode in the back of a side-by-side uh, -side for like 15 minutes the other day and I burned the top of my head. I didn't wait, have wait, what's a side-by-side? -side? I don't know uh, what that is. <laughs> ATV. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say gator, but then I'm like, you know, that's going to be hard for people to understand. It was yeah. a John Deere product. They call those gators. You sit side by side in them. Gotcha. Um, they're ATVs, UTVs. That's a, see, there you go. There's some branding insight <laughs> for that industry. It's confusing totally. as hell, people. Could you clean that up a little bit? I know, right? I mean, even Peterson's is confusing. Like, most people hear me say, oh, I work for Peterson's. And they're like, but that says Peterson's. You right. know, so I think we should call our company whatever you want. As long as you know, we make bacon. We have that teal circle. I mean, there's a million other things more important than how you pronounce it. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that's a really good point. By the uh, way, Beth, yeah, yeah. I'm running totally off the rails here. No, you're you not. You wanted me to explain what cowboy means, I and did. I never even got to it. No, we didn't. We got, <laughs> we got stuck on the hat. Out of, but it was a good point because the hat's a necessity. Like, you wear the hat because you don't want to burn. So even though these things... But anyway, what does what defines a cow person? Okay, good. I think it's attitude. It's mm. grit. Uh, I, you know, it has nothing to do with your attire or any other thing. I, I do this podcast called The Cowboy Perspective. And I think the cowboy perspective lives in all of us. You, me, the techie person that's developing the ne next piece of software. It, it's just a, it's kind of the American spirit almost. It, and I think it's one reason that the cowboy culture and lore is kind of attractive to America especially right now with Yellowstone and a lot of some of the most recent yeah. stuff going on. It's getting a, it's kind of a resurging uh, culture inside our country that, that's getting appreciation again, I would say. But it, it's nothing different than other people might call it moxie. Somebody might call it skater die. Somebody, you know, I can't say what the other terminology is for mm. me. It's cowboy. It's, get up when you get fucked off. It's wake up early, work yeah. hard, do what you say you're going to do. Apologize when you mess up, totally own the realities of 
life and relationships and those things. And that's what was displayed to me in the cowboys and cowgirls that taught me to be mm. who I am and, and yeah. their friends and mm. bankers and all kinds of people. And what's funny is, I, I, you know, here in America, we associate it with down where you are in Texas and even the Midwest, even the northern part of the, the southwest but I have friends that my brother, he lives in Brazil and they have a huge cow rancher culture in Brazil, like huge Argentina. I mean, it's everywhere worldwide. Australia, Australia. I mean, Spain. yeah, I mean, it's huge. It's not just here in I mean, Canada. Let's talk about our friends up north too. You do a lot of business. Sure. Up there. Give, no, That's but, right. but like, I, there's such a huge culture. I think it, like you said, though, it's this, when you, when you income is probably defined by, it is for me too, as my own business owner, you, you're, you wake up and you hustle. Like if you don't hustle, you're not going to make the money. Right. And so when you live off the land or you are farming the land, there's a lot of variables that are so far beyond your control that you just have to roll with the punches. And I hate the word pivot, but you just have to pivot and you got to figure it out as you go. And that's probably part of what you're talking about as well. That kind of lives with all of us that are entrepreneurs, that are people who just won't give up the dream of what we want. Yes. I mean, what, what is a vacation? Like in a farming and ranching reality, that word really is hard to understand. There's no day in which you wake up and, and probably the majority of those days you wake up and go with intention to do something, some other thing happens and yeah. you never even get around to doing that thing. It's just this inevitable, unending cycle of, yeah. uh, of caring for animals, the land, yeah. yourself, the family, equipment. But it's just, I think... I thank God for my opportunity to grow up in that reality because mm. it made me really good at change. Mm. I mean, I actually love change. I think it's the best part of things because let's say I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. It's just the truth, but I can do other things. I can, I know, man, I can adapt. I can be okay with not knowing. And as long as there's change happening, I know that I can I can play in that game because nobody's ever going to get it totally figured out before I, I get a piece of the pie. But if it stays the same all the time, those smart people are going to be, uh, I mean, they'll just obliterate me. No, but I think what you're saying, though, is from change is growth. And that's that's exciting because growth means upward momentum, which is what we're all trying to be better people every day. I try to wake up and be a better version of myself than I was the day before. And there's no failures. You can only learn from what happened that might not have gone the way you thought it was supposed to go, but there's, there's so many things you can gain from that in a positive way with a good reframe. So I love what Why you're saying. Why don't we all just know that? Why don't we all just know that <laughs> inherently? Well, sure. But why don't, I wish I could plug a little USB into my kids and all those, yeah. everybody actually, that just says, there is no failure. Whoever yeah. is trying to pretend like you failed or yeah. you telling yourself you failed, that is only experience. It's only totally. experience. Totally. It's no, it's no failure. 
No, and I mean, this is a tangent, but social media and the constructs of it have, and you see the impact it has on today's, I hate saying today's youth because I still like to consider myself youth, even though I'm 41. And um, they have this, this perfect box they feel like they need to be in because on social media, everyone's only showing the, the prettiest picture, the perfect version of their lives when, you know, you don't see when someone's crying on the floor because they had a bad day, like, you, but that happens. It always happens. And it's, I think it's so fun to fail even though I don't consider it failing. It's like Julia Child. She would, you watched her on P, I grew up watching her on PBS. She would have kitchen disasters on live TV. Didn't care. Yeah. You know, right. well, and it's because like- She was just capable and at a maturity level. I think that's a big trick. Yeah. Is finding maturity in, in life as early as you can. And yeah. I didn't do it real early, but, and I'm still a long ways probably but i feel like you know i'm starting to pick up a little maturity and and it's so valuable because you start releasing all these things the world tells you you should measure yourself on you start measuring yourself on things that really matter to you and those closest to you and then all of a sudden it's like it's a weight lifted i just totally you get over like okay haters i mean who even cares no you got for them almost because they are living in a place in their mind that is just torturous instead of finding that place that's enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. And I'd like to paint some of this back to Peterson's, our brand, that transparency. I'm working really hard through our podcast and through our social content, through the things I do personally to give access to our failures, to our ugliness, to our pieces of our business that are just, it's true with raising animals. It's not always pretty. I have been cruel to animals. I have. Yeah. If I pretend like I never have, well, then I'm a liar. And anybody else that says they haven't, I don't care. I'm mean to my kids sometimes. I mean, we're all mean to other people occasionally unintentionally or intentionally those are where we have to okay yes i did that i'm accountable for that i need to be accountable for that i didn't include some race creed sexual orientation you know all those things really lump into the same big philosophy i'm imperfect you should know that our company is imperfect you should know that but 90 percent of the time we're nailing it we're doing really good and those other 10%, the haters are going to highlight them. I'm not even going to worry about it that much. And our cancel culture, if I go to zero, our business completely gets disappeared. We just build it again. We're good people. We, we care. We really want the best. We want to solve problems for consumers, but we're not perfect. And raising animals isn't perfect. They die. They get sick they have a bad attitude on the same day you have a bad attitude and stuff really spirals into an ugly place. Mm. Everybody should know that I am the most compassionate, one of the most compassionate people about farm animals, any kind of animal. I'm an animal lover, Mm. but I'm not the perfect animal lover. I kind of don't think there is one. I just want everybody to understand Look, if you don't want to eat animals because you had a pet puppy that you love and you think of an animal dying for your food is unbearable, I can feel that. 
I have mm. felt it. I've had a pet steer that I ended up eating. But you might not have had that chance to experience it and and live through it and have those conversations yeah. with your parents about, okay, well, Fluffy is out there, but the Fluffy's going to eventually die whether we want him to or not. That's just a truth in life. Why don't we respect him in a way so when he does die, we take that life and use it to be nutrition for us and then don't use it bad and be a bad person that's not fun to be around. That would be disrespectful to the animal. Then that animal died in vain, really. What you got to do is fuel your life with that nutritious protein, I believe. But I can live in the truth that other people totally disagree with that. And it does not make me hate them. Like, I'm not a polarizing person. And that, mm. a lot of times, does not pay you today. Like, in social media, you mentioned it. Non-polarizing people do not get rewarded. You need to be brash, polarizing, eat meat only, or you're going to be an idiot. Or if you eat meat, you're an idiot. You know, I'm just not going to be that way. That isn't what our company Mm. stands for it's not my personality it's not our company's personality we're going to be pretty much middle of the road let's make this work let's let's all kind of get along so you don't you don't make it to the top of the algorithm all the time yeah no and i think that a lot of people who are meat eaters um don't have to do what you have to do on a daily basis and a lot of them live in um blissful ignorance of where their actual food comes from when they just go and casually pick it up in a grocery store. And there is, I mean, I'm, I consume meat. I consume it through a CSA here that I use in the Boston area and they're a whole animal, um, company. So I, try to balance it out with a ton of vegetables, but I too, like you are, I'm a huge animal lover and I have I struggle with it as well. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I, I do strive to do the things that I can do to make myself feel better. If I'm being totally honest, you know what I mean? And so hey, we're selfish local like, farmers we're, and own that truth. Yeah. We're selfish. I am, you are, uh, it's probably not my favorite characteristic about myself, but in, unless I can recognize it and say, yeah. okay, so some of this is just me being selfish because I want, I want this to be a certain way. You know, it's, I think that's yeah. fine. You want to not feel bad about it. I, the truth is I don't ever feel bad about eating meat because yeah. I've lived a life within my, just from a little kid till now that is totally integrated into those realities. Right. I've lived through a coyote killing off our whole herd of sheep that were our pets. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, we had a little baby calf that was born premature. My daughters, we came, we tried to nurse it, keep it alive. It lived for like a week. Knowing the whole time in my head, this little baby's not going to make it. It just yeah. had, it was not going to happen. But I needed my girls to live through that. And there's good pain in there. There's good education in there. Yeah. It's, uh, so we ended up burying it, having a funeral. There's still a headstone there. That's a memory of a, what I think is, is life and death mm -hmm. and respect. Yeah, I agree with you. It, respect is a great way to put it. So now we touched on it for a second and then we swiveled back. The name of the company is pronounced Peterson's. 
right? Correct. Well, by me. Okay. You spelled it Pedersons, sort of. And yeah. it's not even your last name. So <laughs> where did this name come from? Uh, it spelled like this is that. an hour-long conversation in itself. <laughs> I mean, it truly is. Uh, I'll try to make it as short as possible. Okay. The man, that, the man that started the company was named David Peterson. I never met him, actually. I've never heard him pronounce his last name. I assume that's how he pronounces it. But I don't know that. So is he dead? Peterson, no, he actually <laughs> runs another business in Chicago. You should call him and ask him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. There's some kind of, you know, isn't it funny how sometimes that simplest idea yeah. I never had. I never even had the idea to call him and say, how do you say your last name? Some of like, probably, I bought your company 25 years ago. It's going great. But again, how do you say your last name, man? Just, yeah, just for right. shits and giggles. Yeah. <laughs> He'd love it. That'd be a great TikTok. Um, <laughs> <That's so funny>. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry, go uh, right ahead. Okay, so he founded the company, started the company. We just never changed the name. Um, I don't know the correct pronunciation. We say Peterson's. I know likely 50% of the people we do business with call it Pedersons. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, honey, pick up the Pedersons bacon at the grocery store, you know. Great, good. I There's no, really, there's a lot of brands that care. They have the, you know, whatever it is where it tells you how to pronounce the name of the company out to the side or something. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Go buy the Teal Logo stuff. Uh, my name, my last name's Dudley Cody. The president of the company, his last name's Lane. We graduated kindergarten together. I know We've it's so cute. Our whole lives, and and we just the and company. you bought a company that makes no. Okay, no. This is some transparency. I need to make sure you understand. Yeah. We don't own the company. We only act like we own it. We are employees that act like we own it which I think are the very best kind. I would challenge anybody listening who really wants to move up and make a, and potentially own a business someday, work for somebody and pretend like you own it. Yeah. You just treat it that way. Everybody thinks we own it. We don't own it. It's owned by one guy and he lives in Switzerland. And oh, he doesn't even live in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I love it. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> he uh, and he, he kind of put it in Cody's hands at age 23 and said, "Build this company." I mean, it made him president of the company. Cody hired me shortly after, and since then we've been just treating it like we own it. Um, I wish I could own it, but the guy that does own it won't sell it. So yeah, whatever. We keep doing what we do, and it's been a great. If, if my life were to end now. I've enjoyed it. It's been great. It's been purposeful. It's been all those things. So because I didn't own it doesn't matter. No, no, no. It's just, it's so funny because the brand identity is so you and Cody that like, even when you Google the company, it's just you and Cody that come up. Like there's, right. no, there's no mention of some dude in Switzerland. Cat well, thing. you know, it's also a bit of a, you know, when you give me those reins, I'm going to protect my position Hell yeah. You know, so, I mean, there's give and take there. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So now the thing I think that's really interesting about your company is that you guys, and, and this is not necessarily with your company, but in the food industry and marketing, 
there's a lot of buzzwords that get put on packaging, whether they mean what we think they mean, they don't necessarily translate to the reality of either how the animals are raised or kept or um, anything like that. But you guys have, I think it's humanely raised and natural bacon. So what do those two words mean to you guys and the company? Uh, okay, so let's deal with natural first. Yeah. It's a big debate right now that we, we're even considering taking that word mm. out of our vocabulary. It's ambiguous, not really valuable. It's 20 years ago, it meant something. It was a lot different than it is now. So that's part of an ev evolution. We're really challenging ourselves to think about is that is that word really represent what we are anymore so that's my best answer for natural to me yeah. it really doesn't mean anything and we're thinking about taking it out of our vocabulary now humanely raised is totally valuable totally a differentiator Mm -hmm. So we're really doing everything we can to tell that story, paint that picture, give people access to understanding of what it means to us. And certified humane is, is an early third party Company. audit yeah. that's well known. They branded, they did great marketing around certified humane. The facts are we actually take audits from global animal partnership which is gap and it's five steps it's not branded as well it never has been it was started by whole foods they're, they're making huge improvements but certified humane just i mean it just the second you read it you understand it gap global animal partnership is a much more hard to no, they need to get a better buzzword for that yeah for sure yep. which they have people like me selling it all the time so i'm doing everything i can to educate people i think gap is a more robust set of standards mm. for humane treatment of animals so in that regard that's why we lean that direction that's great plus plus our biggest customer requires it i mean i, I can't take all the credit for that a lot of times the customers will drive adoption yeah. Whole Foods drove adoption of Gap. Gap is being adopted by other people. There is value within the market, monetary value within the market placed on that certification. Absolutely. So people go to it. I mean, sustainability, I love the conversation from carbon sequestration to land health to animals' lives being valued, respected, et cetera money needs to flow <laughs> like yeah. sustainability has to have a money finance factor outside of i don't know is it a hundred billionaires in the world who could do this thing and not care just totally lose money all the time outside of those people all the rest of us need it to be financially viable so that's part of the sustainability too is if we're going to go gap one with all of our supply all of our farms all of our expectations within our organization that has to translate to a penny more a dollar more some mm -hmm. number of revenue that we can then justify 
Yeah. And people like me who care about where my money gets, because that's, that's a way that you can really make a difference. Cause a lot of people say like, oh, here in the U S you know, we have a electoral system where my vote might not get counted or my vote might not get heard or my voice not, might, might not get heard through the, the voting system, but your dollar, your dollar matters, your dollar. So like companies like yours, I like supporting with my dollars because, and I don't mind paying a little bit more knowing the wonderful work behind the scenes where my money is going, you know? Yeah. I think there's one thing more valuable time. Yeah. Your time as a consumer. Yes. Your dollar totally. But in, in today's, Fleeting loyalty, fleeting a time and attention span. If you really want to help brands like us, give me some of your time. I mean, mm. give us, give the brand some of your time by sharing the things we do with in your social network. Spend 30 seconds saying, cool, I'll listen to this podcast. And it was with this kind of crazy cowboy guy. And it sounds like they're doing some interesting stuff. Maybe I'll go check it out. Like, so time actually to me, and this is a recent revelation, I, I could say, or maybe it's a, it's just a. As we I get really, older, we realize we well, don't have as much of it. Yeah. And do I want to start thinking about the world differently? Because for the longest dollars were the thing, you know, dollars make everything move. I don't know that the world isn't transitioning to people's time mm -hmm. is the currency it it definitely it's i think one of our most precious commodities because it's limited in the grand scheme of things not here for that long so got to do the best you can and be the best yeah, human so i would just can. say listeners if this is valuable to you at all that's your biggest compliment most leverageable asset is your time spend a time a second or two sharing it a second or two putting on your social and that's that's really the fuel we need mm -hmm. to further the conversation. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. So I think we need to get into some fun questions about your products. Oh, you mean this, this isn't fun? See, no, this, this is fun. We can keep talking are about the this. Most fun. No, these are the, the most fun. challenging, the most real, the yeah. most make the hair on my arm stand up uh, things that, that uh, the listener that doesn't already know this, man, this is a big value add to their reality. I completely agree with you. And they get to have us. They have our time. We've invested our time in them and vice versa. So that it's all That's right. this beautiful symbiotic relationship we have. I, I think about this kind of, mm. the, the relationship is is there with you and I, like now yeah. we're friends. That's Absolutely. good. Now we've got, we've got, our, you can access my network. I can access your network. That, that's just a huge spider web of value. Absolutely. Animals are the same way. I, I walk within animals. We have a relationship. They have a relationship to the animal next to them. Like all of these things also will tug at your heartstrings. It makes some of this, I don't know, beautiful, hard to figure out life. Yeah. Uh, just happen. Yeah, it's messy. 
food food getting on our plate is it's messy it's complicated like i watched and i've referenced this on the podcast a few times and i just saw yesterday they're coming out with a second one it's like the littlest the biggest littlest farm the littlest biggest farm and they have a second one coming out and when you watch and i again i grew up in suburban new england so i didn't grow up on a farm but when you watch just the the life cycle of plants, animals, just in general, it's, it's humbling. And, and, you know, as just a consumer there's, which is why I started this podcast so long ago, there's so much, these aren't, I don't look as the food on my plate is food on my plate. These are ingredients that loving hands have touched. These ingredients have changed lives. These ingredients need to be respected uplifted. This isn't just a piece of bacon. This bacon was a part of a bigger animal and that animal lived what I would hope is a a good life for like the best life it could have lived in maybe a little bit shorter amount of time that it had to live. But that life, the quality of life was so good that, I mean, that, that's how it is in my mind. Whether it's the truth or not, I don't know. But that- I think more, more and more people are moving to that understanding or that even desire. I mean, yeah. Also, let's just—I mean, aren't we more affluent in this country than anywhere in the world than we have ever historically been? I'm jaded. I totally—I yeah. didn't live during the Depression where I, I didn't even. I mean, I've not now. See, there I go kind of making big assumptions. There are people today with food availability problems, poverty, that kind of thing. So I'm not trying to diminish that reality. I was just trying to make a bigger kind of 30,000 foot picture of how we think about a lot more things because a lot of it's just understood or taken for granted. I don't. I don't never occurs to me that I might not have dinner tonight mm. where I know there are people that think about that. It's really never occurred to me in my life that I might not have dinner tonight. So there were generations before us yeah. that had that thought. So they didn't have time or the inclination to worry about was that animal's life happy that they were more worried about their own life. Oh yeah. So anyways, it's just an evolution. It's not bad, good, or otherwise. No, it is. I I agree with you. And I appreciate you saying that because I do, when I say those things, I do come from a place of privilege to say those things without question. And I had an interview a couple of weeks ago with a friend who lives in Kenya. And one of the big things she works on, she's a botanist in Kenya, is the, the food security in Kenya and Somalia and Ethiopia. And one in four Kenyans go to bed hungry. Like one of the listener questions was, and it was very humbling to hear, and this is totally off topic, was what's a typical daily meal like for a Kenyan? And she said, this is a really hard question to answer because a lot of Kenyans don't have food. So, and that was such, it was such a simple question that someone in, you know, on Instagram was just curious about, oh, do you eat oatmeal for breakfast or do you eat this? And they're like, no, there's nothing we can eat. So like, it's, check it's a your perspective. There, you know what I mean? Totally. It is. 
And, and so when I say that I am so grateful for the, that I'm uplifting these ingredients, I do completely understand. I, I am coming from a place of privilege by saying that. Um, so I, I appreciate you saying that as well. It also makes me check, check myself too. So thank you for that. Thank you. So now your company, you started with just the one product of bacon. Am I correct with that? And then you grew it into a larger product line. That's a good way of putting it. It never was. I don't, I wouldn't say there ever was a day where it was kind of just one product. We started out selling fresh pork to some retailers here in Texas. And mm -hmm. then we, at the time, you know, those years ago, pork bellies were hard to get rid of. Like now you, they're like almost like gold. Back then you didn't know what to do with them. So we just said, well, maybe we'll make bacon. Maybe we can sell bacon easier than pork bellies. So we started making bacon. Then you have, like you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, nose to tail or mm -hmm. full utilization of the animal. That's a really sad situation for me when somebody's not considering that. Like, okay, cool. We want to really try to utilize all the animals. So as, as part of Peterson's ethics and expectation, we wanted, we started making sausage because then you're using all the trim. We started making ham, then you're using the ham, started making smoked tox. So you just start taking every piece of that animal and thinking okay how do we add value how do we find a market how do we make sure waste uh food waste in america Ugh. is probably the most blatant embarrassing uh affluent nastiness we have and it's a ton a ton yeah yeah uh, I know. Anyways. No, but so I we've, love al we've always kind of had a large amount of products. Bacon is the thing we've, we're famous for. We say we were the original no sugar bacon. We're the first people ever really kind of go nationally distributed with a bacon that took sugar out of the ingredients. And that's just one of those kind of perfect alignments of market, a company understanding what consumers were wanting. And then we followed that up with a full line of no sugar products that sausage, ham, beef, bacon, turkey, bacon, all these different items that people can find and feel comfortable buying from mm -hmm. Peterson's and, and knowing that some of those ingredients are just, we don't need them. We don't care about them. No, and I think that's great. And, you know, utilizing as much as the animal as you can is another way to respect the animal's life, you know, so then there's nothing wasted. Do you want to dive into a handful of listener questions? Yes, please. I love those. See, we do this webinar now. Every first Wednesday of the month, we do a free Q&A webinar. It's funny you were mentioning label claims because the May webinar was about label claims and yeah. the confusion around them. Our April webinar is going to be the same thing. We invite a couple of industry experts to come on there and just field questions from the audience through the chat or even just ask each other questions like what? We had a USDA label expedite not expediter but she works for the usda and approving labels and claims and those kind of things she was on the last webinar mm. it was really valuable man this girl could quote regulations number and all this i was like i'm glad you're doing that job and not me <laughs> he, he just really knew it 
no, you got to be on. There's, there's a lot of legal jargon in those, those regulations. I'm sure that I would just snooze right on over. I mean, I can barely read my own contracts, let alone with all that legal jargon. Um, Travis in Rhode Island writes, I mean, I think you can put bacon in pretty much anything, but do you have a favorite recipe or two that uses your bacon? Well, being Texan and being, uh, I guess, a bit of a barbecue aficionado. Okay. I think if you can get your hands on a slab of our bacon, mm-hmm. put it on the grill, make bacon burn-ins, put a really, now this goes against the no sugar thing, but put kind of a sweet, sticky barbecue sauce on that, smoke it for two and a half hours. Oh my gosh, the kids go crazy. They tell their dads to call me and ask for the recipes. So there's one of the really super successful recipes and one that I might share that maybe nobody thinks about is uh, dove, dove breast with jalapenos and D- cream Dove cheese. is in like bird, uh, the, the bird. Yes, the bird, pigeon, similar. I don't think it's a pigeon, but yeah. Morning dove, morning, morning dove. So we'll, we'll oh do God. morning dove hunting. <laughs> Nah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, there's white wing dove. Anyways, that's Wasn't one that of a the song. Didn't someone sing a song about a white wing dove? Yeah. Was that Prince? Name it. Uh, It'll come to somebody kind of like Prince, or I yeah. want to say something. Something about a white wing dove. Bono, <laughs> Bono, or somebody. Anyways, <laughs> it's definitely a lyric in a song. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay, so a stuff. Anyways, we'll go. We'll go dove, dove hunting, and when yeah. we harvest those birds, we bring them back. We de-breast, get the breast out, and we wrap bacon, a slice of jalapeno, a fresh jalapeno, and cream cheese. Ugh. Oh, like a little those popper. Really good. Yes, a little little dove bacon jalapeno popper. It does dove. Is it kind of gamey, like guinea fowl, or? Let's see, I don't know. Okay, it's dove. It's different. It like it's a really dark meat. It could be close to duck, but better. Smaller, smaller better. Better. In my wow. opinion. Wow. That's funny because I eat liver and I eat brains yeah, yeah, yeah. and a lot of kind of uh, things Awful. that sure. other people might think are just due to texture or something. No, so, I love sweetbreads. Woof. Love there me you some go. sweetbreads. Yeah, I also love You should out, just but... try to, maybe I'll just have to send you some. Oh, you please. might not you might not go hunt some dove yeah. for yourself no i won't I'll but my husband you up. yeah my husband's an executive chef so i'll have to ask him if he's ever he worked uh right now he's the culinary ops at a very big college outside of boston but he worked in some really fancy country clubs and they would go hunting and bring back what they hunt and then have him in the kitchen prepare Cook it, it. Prepare it. Yeah, yeah so he'd be taking like buck shots out of things yes and so I'll ask him if he's ever made morning dove. See, he That's took more care than I do. Like when you're eating my dove, you just be prepared. There may be a BB. I'm not going to go through all that trouble. Don't break a filling. Okay. Kiara, <laughs> yeah, right. in, right. Kiara in New York writes, they say, the saying goes, bacon makes everything better. And it's so true. I know your bacon tastes good. I would love to know if you can share from the behind the scenes of what makes your bacon so special and different from other companies. Oh, Kiara, I love that. Uh, I almost want, when I answer this, I want to ask your permission to share it with our 
everybody because it's a question everybody has or for sure needs to have. What makes us different? We're charging more. We act, we pretend like we're so much better. So I say it starts with the animals. Our animals are raised a way that is different. In my opinion, better. They're fed a high quality feed. We spend money to make sure that the pigs are of the best quality. We breed them for that. They're, they're Jurox sired. So we're really going after top quality meat. But once you get there, you really can't mess it up. Beyond that, I mean, start with really quality meat. We don't inject our bellies. We tumble them in a vacuum tumbler. That's a very different process than most everybody else. Uh, we smoke them with real wood smoke. We have machines that drop little chips of wood onto a burner and cause them to smoke. And that's what's, that what give them the smoke flavor. We don't use liquid, atomized liquid smoke or those things, which we just don't cut any corners. Um, or then slice it, package it. We go through a long process of tempering to make sure the belly is a specific temperature. We use a press to square it up. Make sure it fits in the package pretty. All of those things wrapped into one makes our product pretty much unrepeatable by somebody else. So from start to finish, okay, how old is the, the, the is it a sow or is it a pig? What do you call it? Pig, most of the time, a sow is going to be a pig that's had babies. So okay. the ones that haven't are gilts and barrows. Oh, fun fact. So with the pig, we'll just use a general term. The pig, how old is the pig when it, uh, and it reaches we're, the We're going to say six months. Oh, so it's young. Okay. So, so six months of feeding. And then what, from the moment that it's done until the moment it gets packaged, how long is that process on average? Let's say 15 days. Wow. So you're looking at about, let's just call it seven months from the moment till it gets into your kitchen, give or take, and how much money, time, resources went into all of that, which is very important, which makes your product different in a, in a good way, right? Like, I think that's important. Well, you're being kind out. saying good way, right? I mean, it is a way. Yes. It's up to you, me, and our own. We have to determine is it good ourselves. I mean, I can't tell you it's good. I think we, we kind of align in that thought process. We think it's good. I promise the eating experience is going to be good. And if it isn't, we want to make that right. We'll send you some more. Been doing this for 20 years. If the product sucked, I would not still be here because. Stuff that's not good does not survive. Yeah, right. It, it doesn't, doesn't doesn't stay. Right. So I'm real confident saying our product will be good. You'll enjoy it. It's quite likely going to be the best bacon you've ever had. Sausage too, ham too. We yeah. just have really high quality inputs. When you do all high quality inputs, you get a high quality output. Is six months a pretty average lifespan, like industry standard? Well, it's a little long. Really? Uh, a little longer. Yeah. Well, see, chickens are like three months and cattle are a year. It's depending on what animal, they have a I don't know, genetic growth cycle that just gets them to harvest size, weight, age at different timelines. Wow. You'll hear, like you'll hear uh, if you just listen to people talk about 
the market and what's going on with food, what's going on with protein. They'll hear, you'll hear them talk about chicken. Well, you know, chicken's not that big a deal. If there's low supply, they recover quickly. That's because those chickens oh, grow so to young. that age quickly. Pigs do it a little fast, a little slower, and cattle do it a lot slower. So wow. bison do it slower than that. Wow. I there's such a misnomer, and maybe it's just in my own head that you think that they're much older, but that would make absolutely no sense because of you know the demand for the product and needing to and, and economics. Like yeah, if you're if you're raising meat for consumption, use, yeah, consumption, uh, the longer is less desirable. You mm. need to get the meat to market quicker. It'd be it's like, do you want to post process your photos for an extra year? Just oh my god. So no. you, right. Right. So it's every every piece of it takes it's just you don't do that too early. The the, the meat needs to get grown, you know, but yeah. you don't need to hold on to it any longer either. It's just not turning over and oh, doing the job in the talk market about this for hours just even about like heritage breed versus not versus is there a taste oh, there profile different there's you some there... confusing marketing right there i know heritage commodity like what do all those words mean organic well okay so you assume organic is humanely raised but no that's not not true no no that's not true it could not be true it might be but it's yeah. not required mm -hmm. to be organic you don't have to go through a stringent humane audit no no organic vegetables are much different than organic chickens or organic no. yeah because that i think would play more into the feed that they're being fed maybe maybe than the actual way that they're raised and that's, that's a right. huge maybe um we, oh we could talk about this for hours okay janelle <laughs> from instagram writes I believe you're from Texas. I know there must be more to Texas than barbecue, Tex-Mex, and chili. What is one of your favorite Texan recipes? I know this. She just ruled out. Like, okay, what was what was the list she gave? Yeah, us? right. Barbecue, which we know you're a barbecueaholic. Uh, Tex-Mex, which I don't know because you're well, so where you're I'm from. I'm a huge Tex-Mex. Are you because no, I'm a from, huge fan of Tex-Mex. Waco is not too far from you, but you're like equidistant from what? Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin, right? Right. Ish. We're, we're pretty, take. we're almost in the center of the state. Yeah. Okay. And I then think, the other thing she said, no chili, because that, that's a very big Texas staple. All right. So good. I want to try to give her a good yeah. answer. Yeah. Give her one. Uh, does it have to be meat? <laughs> you no. know, I mean, it can be I a vegetable. That would be wonderful. Pie. Oh, pecan I would say pie. Pecan pie is a really, what I almost want to, if you could get in touch with this lady, I want to give her tickets to Bacon Bash, Texas. You can see if anybody sees the video, I'm wearing a shirt that says Bacon Bash. She won't have any trouble finding some unique recipes there. I mean, I could almost just name the most recent winners. One was a, a praline bacon rum ice cream. So we give these teams 15 pounds of bacon. They make whatever they can dream of. Uh, sometimes it's lobster tail with uh, risotto and bacon something i mean it's just really the options are endless yeah i'm trying to think of another like i think it almost 
ties back to your heritage. Like yeah. my mom's side of the family is German. My dad's side of the family is kind of uh, English. So dad's side would do cheese grits, which is country. Mm. And then my mom's side would do, uh, I want to say it's uh, German potatoes and oh, yeah. German chocolate cake and like kind of real starchy, heavy type foods. So that's been my reality. I think it's also more family heritage than state. Yeah, for sure. Outside of those things she mentioned, she <laughs> took away all the answers. She did. Those she things did. really go to Texas. I know, right? Well, for some sweet tea and some barbecue, you got to. Um, right. And breakfast tacos. I'm a huge fan of the breakfast tacos in Austin. Cody in LA writes, I feel like there are a few foolproof ways to cook bacon, but do you have any tips for cooking bacon? And are there any big mistakes anyone can make? Overcooking it is a big mistake. Yeah. Uh, don't burn your bacon, people. Don't burn your bacon, it, it, people. It needs to be floppy i mean for really the fat that is all the best part of it, the flavor don't cook all that out i know the world tells us fat's bad for you it clogs your arteries you're gonna die if you i disagree with that this podcast is sponsored by lipitor yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah well, okay well uh sorry lipitor no i'm just kidding no, i'm kidding no, 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 no. Uh, so that's what i would say don't cook all the fat out of it uh, oven Oh, you're an Whatever oven guy. Your oven is put it put it on a sheet pan. Oh, three fifty, and just find your time where you, and then you'll know. Like cook it a few times. Yeah, I, I know I like my bacon in the oven. Fifteen minutes. That's all okay. I got to worry about. Three fifty in the oven. Fifteen minutes is just how I want. Yeah. So I think now for the, my yeah, go ahead. Middle daughter, I have to put it back in there for another ten minutes because she likes it burnt. We're in the middle of this argument in my life today. I love it. <laughs> so I think. Uh, the biggest mistake you can make, Cody, is not holding on to the bacon fat. That I would have a little jar next to your sink, wherever, and I would take that rendered bacon fat and put it in whatever kind of jar you have to save it and use that flavor. Don't let wow. it go to waste, right? You just killed me. That was the best piece of advice. Yeah. I'm stealing that. You should. Now, do I'll you, send my Cody, do you happen to use cast iron skillets? Of because course. if you do, if you do use cast iron skillets, that bacon fat is the best seasoning yeah. tool. Oh, yeah. And you always just put a little dab in there for no matter what you're doing, heating up tortillas. If you're making green beans, if you're cooking other bacon, it, it will make that cast iron work so perfectly be the best nonstick pan you ever had. Eggs. Oh, a little oh. bacon fat with some eggs. Oof. Anyways, now I'm, spread it on toast. Is this over yet? I got to go eat. I know, no, right? Okay. Almost, almost. Okay. No, no. I'm We're not in a rush. Through. I'm just lying. No, I, I I'm lying, actually. I ate before I got on here. I was just no. saying. Now I want bacon, though. Makes me yeah. hungry, right? Yeah, you're going to have to send me some. Jacinda from Instagram writes, we recently got a backyard smoker, and I was thinking of trying to make my own bacon. Do you have any tips? No, Jacinda, buy his. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, first, I would say source of quality belly. You know, find find a raw belly. Where are you going to buy that? That's They're not the easiest thing to find. You might have to go to a farmer's market or find a local butcher. Or somehow get your hand on some fresh bellies. And Google. I think Google's a great solution for things. That's how I would do it. I would yeah. Google, make my own bacon. Um, our process here is probably different than what you could really even think about using. Because well, you'd have to brine I mean, it, right? 
you need to now I think you can make really, really good bacon just in a dry rub process where it just you you salt it, you rub it, you get your seasoning in there and it just sits. Yeah. That's for a week. Then you maybe take it out, clean it off, salt Mm. it, rub it again. What kind of wood? We don't do any of that. I know. Well, now we're talking. you're, we're talking smokers, Any wood is good. Any no, wood is good. What, what, I use mesquite, but I don't know if mesquite's available to her. Mesquite I mean, is mesquite available is just, at Home Depot. You can get mesquite Okay, anywhere. well, there you go. Then go get it, because I just go okay. get it out of the pasture. You know, of course you would. Yeah, you and your cow people. No, so you're not. So, so mesquite's a really strong. Mesquite, hickory are both really bold smoke. That's right. You'll get, you get some bitter. Yeah. When... Would you add in any like applewood, cherry wood to give it a little fruity note to that or just straight mesquite? I wouldn't, but I think you're you're presenting <laughs> you're presenting the truth that make it how you want it. Like, True. It, True. Here's some truths about hickory and mesquite. They're more bitter, they're more harsh folks. Yeah. Apple, cherry, the fruit woods are gonna be more mild. Uh, what was her name? I was about to mis- mispronounce it. Just in that. So now you know some more info about the smokes. And you guys pick whichever one you want. There I'd you say go. smoke it, you know. Smoke it. I don't, it probably can't go wrong with any smoke. No. Can you oversmoke bacon? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's a matter of personal opinion, really. There's well, probably somebody out else. there would say, no, you can't. Yeah, no. The way you'd oversmoke it is you just end up overcooking it you burn it which is my number one pet peeve so don't do that don't burn it um okay (laughs) last listener question david from instagram writes i do whole 30s throughout the year and i believe your bacon is whole 30 approved do you have any other products that are whole 30 approved and do you ship to the states i've only seen bacon in my local market well david do they ship david you're fixing it buddy You've just hit the mother load. Right. Go to petersonsfarms.com. We actually have a Whole30 bundle that we ship. And everything in there is Whole30 approved. Hot dogs. Hot dogs. Bacon. Smoked sausage. Ham. um, Some no sugar breakfast sausages. No sugar spicy breakfast sausage. We've got a whole lineup of Whole30 approved products and mm. whole 30 is our community we love the whole 30 years a big piece of how our brand got to be where we are so and by the way high five because the whole 30 reset is is a bit of a challenge it so is high five to you will you ever come out with any like whole 30 spice rubs or like because we've talked be- about it we've yeah. batted that around i think other people do that for a living fair you enough need to fair enough <laughs> so that's a hard no okay so- <laughs> i don't know that it's a hard no it's just it's, it's how i think about it right i mean uh there's just other people that do that yeah. for a living the new primal is an example yeah that's where i was thinking Paleo powder is yeah. a new example tessie mays is an example whole 30 yep. is an example whole 30 yep. come out with their own stuff i mean you could say why don't we do snack sticks well there's other people that do that really good for me yeah. sometimes i stay staying in your lane my own lane yeah and excelling in it so it's a good lesson i love it um is there anything you're currently making at home that you are just in love with i really well we're not making a lane outside of bacon yeah and bacon i don't have 
we we eat pretty simply. So I would say I, I pay attention to a, a, a gal named Kendra Holly. She wrote a book. She's got a keto book out. There, there's a great recipe. Oh, are you keto? There. Yes. Okay, really, awesome. if I'm eating every day, keto is the thing I stick to. Yeah. It's easiest and best. It allows cheese, which I'm not sure I, cheese is really sets with my body the best, but it's one of those things I really You're not giving like. up. And if I'm not yeah. trying to give it up, it's easier to stay on the wagon. Yeah, for sure. Is the pasta uh, not big in your house? No, pasta's not big. <laughs> Although I, I love spaghetti. I love a good spaghetti. Uh, yeah. I'd say, and we, we're on the move a lot. And it's yeah. probably relatable for everybody that has three kids all playing a little sport and this and that. So we're, we're, catch, we're grabbing not so great food. When, you know, pizza and not trying to run pizza under the bus, but it's, it's not as healthy as a steak, uh, yeah. a good salad, yeah. almonds, and uh, sparkling water. Like, totally. Man, that sounds really good. It but does sound really good. I have this mental barrier that makes me think that's going to take a long time to make. It really doesn't, but <laughs> it's a mental barrier. No, I feel that way too. Um, all right. So, how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you? Awesome. Everybody. Okay, as a brand, as a business, I think of it like this. If you can't Google Peterson's Natural Farms and find out almost everything you want to know about us, we're not doing our job. So that's your easiest way. Google Peterson's Farms, Google Neil Dudley. You're going to, on the first page, organically, you're going to see stuff about our company. We're on Instagram, Peterson's Farms. I'm on Instagram, The Cowboy Perspective. I'm on LinkedIn, Neil Dudley. Facebook, Neil Dudley. Our podcast is podcast.petersonsfarms.com. The Cowboy Perspective is thecowboyperspective.com. You know, I think that's going to give them a good start. I love it. We'll include everything in the show Pull on those strings. Perfect. So last question, if you had all the money, I, I used to start it off with if COVID wasn't a thing. It is and it isn't. Uh, if you had all the money in the world, where are you going and what are you eating? I'm buying horses. And are you eating them? No. <laughs> Where are you going with your horses? <laughs> if I had all the money in the world, yeah. that's what I think about. Okay, so You're I gotta get <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that. Okay, finish, finish your thought. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Where am I going and what am I eating? Well, you're buying you know what? I, Okay, here you yeah. go. I, okay. I just thought of it. Okay. My good. wife and I once had the most brilliant experience in Vancouver, Canada, eating some of the freshest, greatest raw oysters. Mm. And I look for that experience again. So if I had all the money, the, the, the nicest private jet, I would probably make a trip to Vancouver for raw oysters on the regular. Oh, I love that. Perfect. And if you had, if you bought the horses, where are you going with the horses? We got to finish oh, that. Oh, no, they're just now. coming home. They're just oh, coming okay, home. And, <laughs> yeah, we're not going anywhere. See, that's really the challenge to me as part of my cowboy ranching kind of no vacation. It's really hard for me to think about that, the way yeah. you ask the question. I don't think about life that way, really. Mm. Oh, where would I go? What would I eat? Because I'm really 
content and happy right where I am. So I I don't spend much time thinking about that. But then once you gave me some time and we had this awkward kind of thing of me saying, well, I'm buying horses. I had my, I bought myself time to come up in my brain with, okay, cool. Wait, reframe this. What would you do? What's a really great memory you have that you'd like to repeat? And that's the one that I got. I love it. I love it. I think that's very awesome. Neil, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and taking your time with me today. It was such a pleasure. I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, I just got more excited. These conversations make me just, they just make my day. I, they really do. I appreciate you giving me the time to come share it with you and your audience and, and ask me some questions that made me think about a few things a little more or deeper than I have historically. So. It's been great. Thank you. Well, awesome. I will see you soon, my friend. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Good. Neil, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And thank you for Peterson's Farms to sponsor this podcast today. I will link all of Neil's information as well as Peterson Farms information into the show notes. You can find those at elizabethrfuller.com. If you've got questions for the podcast or if you want to be on the podcast, shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, head over to Instagram and tag me in all of your food adventures. That's let's go on a food adventure on Instagram. All right, you guys, leave with kindness, please, this weekend and always. Make some yummy food together. I hope you have a wonderful, safe, and happy Memorial Day, and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.